Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ruby Rogues podcast. This week on our panel, I guess it's just me. I don't know where the other guys are. Um, we got a special guest, though, and that's Bear Kessels. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself again? Let people know who you are and why we keep having you back on. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Bear. Um, I'm freelance uh, software developer. Um, either, um, and I... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at the moment a little bit in between uh, some jobs. And we, we uh, discussed uh, the Fediverse and Mastodon last time. And I, I did work a lot. I, I did do a lot of work on that. So we thought that's a nice inter- and interesting topic to, uh, to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Valentino also just joined us. Valentino, you want to say hi? Hey there. How's everybody doing? All right. Doing great. Now you're in. Netherlands, aren't you? I am, yeah. Fair. So are you going to be at Rails World? Uh, I don't, unfortunately. No, I didn't have uh, a time at this world at, uh, when, when it was around. So, okay. yeah, no. Well, if you are around, I'd love to meet you when I come out. So, um, Okay. You, you are there. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be Maybe there. The- uh, Ruby Rogues was selected as one of the podcasts that... Uh, um, Buzzsprout paid for our hotel. Rails World gave us a ticket, and we gave away a ticket on a lottery. And anyway, it's it's cool stuff. So anyway, um, yeah, we're gonna talk about Mastodon and the Fediverse. Um, and it's kind of interesting because you're talking about the Fediverse like you can use it for more than just Mastodon. Because I kind of assumed that Mastodon kind of had its own Fediverse. And then maybe you could create like a distributed something else that also has its own Fediverse. So is that the way it works? Works? Is it all independent, or is the Fediverse something that you can kind of build different kinds of things on the back of? So it's actually both. <laughs> so that's the best non-answer you can always give. Um, but uh, no, it, it uh, Masterman is, is by far the biggest player in the Fediverse. And right. there's a lot of other software that are interoperable with Mastodon. And then within the Fediverse, there is some software that isn't interoperable. Um, uh, we, we, we might remember Diaspora, uh, another Ruby Rails uh-huh. project from, from a while ago. That's also part of the Fediverse, but they don't federate, as, as it's called, with uh, Mastodon. So you can get your messages from Diaspora onto Mastodon very easily. And recently, a new player on this whole thing is Blue Sky. Um, they don't oh, is have Blue Sky Federation. They they don't have it. They have promised that that it's there, and their whole protocol is federated, but it's not implemented yet. Uh, but the moment that they are going to put it on, they will be in some way part of the Fediverse, but they won't uh, be federating directly uh, with Mastodon. So you won't get your messages uh, on that very easily. Okay. So what kinds of things can you do and what kinds of things can't you do on the Fediverse? And Mastodon is probably an example that people understand fairly easily. Yeah. So what, what's currently at this state is that a lot of um, existing social networks that, that we know, like uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, 
maybe Facebook, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Reddit, all, all these kind of things. They are replicated or or uh, recreated on the Fediverse. So Mastodon is the is by far the biggest and the most famous ones, and it kind of resembles Twitter: short messages, uh-huh. uh, one or two images, maybe a video. And then there's PixelFed, which is not a quite big problem uh, project, and that's uh, resembling uh, Instagram quite well. So they have stories, they have uh, oh, video okay. uploads. And then there is, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Lemmy, uh, which is kind of like Reddit. And there is something that resembles uh, YouTube, so you can share videos. So there's, there's a lot of software. And, and the cool thing is that on your Mastodon account, you can actually follow someone who is on a PixelFed account. So to take it to the world of the big social media networks, on Twitter, you could just follow people on Instagram. That makes sense. I mean, you kind of get a bit of a blend with Instagram and Facebook just because they're both owned by Meta. And so they have some interplay, Mm -hmm. but it's not perfect. And, you know, they don't make things super automatic. But yeah. Um, Okay. So how, let's say that I wanted to build uh, some kind of federated thing, right? Let's say I want to build a federated podcast something, right? H- how do I get started connecting it up to the Fediverse? So the first thing is that you should uh, connect with Adam Curry because he is actually working on this. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the second, I was just listening the, the to him actually. Thing. Okay, very good. Yeah, so he, he's big into this. Um, but uh-huh. but the, the second the second thing is um, uh, be, below all this is is an official uh, uh, W3C protocol. As is in it's it's, uh, oh, really? it's published by W3C. Yeah, and that's called uh, ActivityPub. So that's a protocol. They have it all described. And uh, the first thing would be to just go and read that that protocol. It's kind of dense, as as W3C stuff tends to be, but it's pretty straightforward uh, to start implementing it in the end. And basically, that's doing all the backend stuff. So that 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 says this is how all the the federated instances, as they are called, so the servers on the web, how they can communicate with each other. Awesome. Yeah, I just found the Fediverse cat podcast thing. It's called Castapod. Yeah, so I kind of get the idea, right? So I put my podcast on Castapod, right? And then it federates and somebody on Mastodon can follow my Castapod account, right? Exactly, um, yeah. So, so how does that actually work, right? Because if I'm, it doesn't just show up as a post. Is that effectively what you're so sharing around? Yeah. So that that also depends a little on on the implementation uh, details of this. So Mastodon doesn't have a very good audio player, so um, it will probably just show up as a link, and if you click that, you'll go to your Castapod server where it starts playing. Probably something like that. Oh, but okay. if it's if it's just an image, the Mastodon can handle images just well, and all the Mastodon clients, your mobile phone apps and so on, they all can handle uh, images very well, so they'll just show up natively. So yeah, so um, I'm kind of glancing through the, um, mm. the spec here. 
Um, but but I kind of want to ask you and let you explain it, and then I can just ask deeper questions. So let's say that um, I post my podcast to Castapod. How does it wind up in Mastodon then? Like, what does that protocol look like? What do I have to put together? So first, people have to follow you. Um, uh, when someone follows you, uh, their server uh, announces to your server that uh, uh, I'm following you. So my server announces to your server, hi there, this, this guy over at that point is following you. And then the moment that you post uh, a, a new, make new post online, it's basically just pushed by post requests onto all the servers that have said, okay, there's people following you here. So my server will then just receive a, a post uh, from your server and and will handle it internally and deliver it to me over push notifications or whatever. Okay, so then there's got to be some kind of protocol or some part of the spec here that says, so if I follow Bear at, Mm -hmm. you know, your federated service, if I follow you, then my server tells your server that I'm following you so that it knows to notify me when you post. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then my system is smart enough to know, okay, this is how I handle these kinds of messages, be it text or images or audio or video or something else. Yeah. Yeah. So basically it just, it it says, okay, I have something of type or class, whatever type post or type, uh, um, audio and I'll push it on to the other servers and then let them decide whether they want to handle it or can handle it. Gotcha. I've kind of gotten into the nitty gritty of how this works, and I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But I think some people are probably wondering why, right? Why why build federated applications, right? Why not just go build the YouTube 2.0 or, you know, podcast host 2.0 or whatever? you know, or Twitter 2.0, you know, blue sky, right? Why, why go to all the trouble of federating it? Right. And, and I've heard different yep. reasons, but I'm curious what, what you think the reasons are or why this would appeal to people. So there, there's a lot of reasons indeed. Uh, and, and they range from, from very political to very technical. Um, uh, and, and, but in the end, if you look at it very pragmatic, the web was actually built a long, a long time ago it was built to be, mm-hmm. uh, uh, federated and i think the only federated part that we have actually left is email which is pretty popular and i won't i won't say that email works very well but it still works and it's federated (laughs) because i i I can i can email someone from uh from my gmail to someone on hotmail and someone on hotmail can 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 Mm -hmm. someone to obscure a self-hosted email server somewhere and and uh, that that's fascinating that it works, and we we kind of lost that when all the the fang uh, big tech uh, uh, monopolies came along, and that's the political side of it. A lot of people want to move out from that, want to uh, get away from these big tech companies, and just want to do it themselves again. So and, and everything right. in between that. <laughs> Yeah, and usually that's what I'm hearing is more along the lines of, hey, we want to get out from under these big tech monopolies. 
And some of the reasons are I've heard accusations. I think some of them are well substantiated and some of them are less well substantiated uh, regarding censorship. So, you know, Twitter, mm -hmm. Facebook, shadow banning people. Um, I've heard, uh, you know, some people get bothered, you know, so they say something about the COVID vaccine and the, mm -hmm. they get a yep. warning on their stuff, right? And it's like, hey, look, you know, I just want a neutral player that just lets me post whatever I want. And hopefully people are smart enough to figure out that I'm right. Or if I'm wrong, hopefully they're smart enough to figure out that I'm wrong and come tell me, right? Instead of having Facebook yep. decide what's right and wrong or Twitter or whoever. Um, I've also heard concerns over privacy. So, and that's like, that's down to like Google and Gmail and stuff, right? Is if I'm using a third party or a federated system, then only the people who run my server will actually be able to see anything go by. And so if I'm really concerned about it, I set up my own server. And then the only thing anybody else sees is what gets federated out to the rest of the Fediverse. And so there, there's a certain yep. level of independence and control that people get when they can run their own thing. Yep. No, no that, that's exactly right. And and without getting too deep into the, the politics, a, a lot of people, when they see Mastodon, they, they accuse it of being very leftish. But uh, uh, Trump, <laughs> with his social network of Truth Social, is actually Truth one social. of the, the first big people who took Mastodon and, and joined the Fediverse. So that's on the Fediverse. Um, it's, it's, the, the, the servers don't communicate that well, but uh, yeah, um, it's, it's interesting there uh, it, that, that people who are uh, pushed off uh, other networks, which you just said, uh, they'll, they can just say, okay, well, you know what? I'll just run my own and uh, I'll, I'll make the rules. So there, there's something to be said for that. So we were talking about um, kind of the, you know, you said it was kind of a people flag it as left wing and, you know, without getting too deep into the politics. Honestly, the politics are kind of interesting on this because I saw a lot of people moving off to Mastodon because they didn't like Elon Musk's politics. And so that's where it was getting flagged as a left wing thing. Um, but I know a whole bunch of people on the right wing that, at least in the U.S., that they moved off of Twitter and stuff a long time ago because they felt like they were being censored on Twitter or not being treated fairly on Twitter. And so they created their own little servers. And then basically people who wanted to follow them, they could join up other servers. Uh, one of the podcasts I listened to is called No Agenda, and they have their own Mastodon instance. And that's another thing that is interesting is they've talked about how uh, some of the other Mastodon instances won't federate with no agenda with theirs. And so, you know, it, it looks like that's a thing too, right? Is if you don't want an association or if you don't want, you know, people from one server to have stuff showing up on your server or vice versa, apparently you can block them. Yeah, so, so you, you, there's all kinds you, of control here. Exactly. You can do that on, on personal level, just like you can, you can just put on filters and blocks and so on. Uh, maybe you don't want to see certain words. I'm, I'm, I try to avoid most politics and news um, mm -hmm. because it's, I mean, especially on social media, it, it doesn't really add anything to my life. So I, I just filter it out. So <laughs> That's just, fair. When, whenever there's certain words in there, I'll just 
Okay, it, it'll just uh, be be blocked um, or not 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 necessarily blocked, but it just won't shut up. So that's filters. But you can also block accounts. Uh -huh. So when someone is bullying you or just being being someone you don't like, then just block them, and um, they won't know. But then you don't see them, and they don't see your uh, stuff anymore. But also, servers can block other servers, and that's that. That's where it gets interesting. So, um, quite some servers they'll say, "Okay, we don't want any servers who uh, allow hate speech, whatever they define as hate speech." They uh -huh. say, "We don't, we don't want to." So, we, we'll just block these servers outright, and then everyone on our server, whether they like it or not, um, won't by default see stuff on the other servers i mean people on that server right. often can still uh, follow someone if they really want so they can go look up someone somewhere and uh, follow them and that content will still reach them um mm -hmm. but uh, also not always because it's also a spam measure uh if if servers there, there's also a lot of servers right. who are just set up to spam just like with with email they'll just do nothing then then send uh, 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 Viagra stuff around or whatever uh, currently the spam is. I think it's NFTs now or anything. But the thing is, they they they'll block and that stuff just won't reach any servers. But there's a lot of politics in this. Indeed. Um, uh, yeah. So servers will block other servers, and then based on politics, they will. Uh, so and and often they'll say, okay, server A, for example, maybe they l allow uh, a true social. Uh, and server B, um, they have very strong policy against anything uh, doing with that. So they'll block truth, uh, truth social uh, entirely. But then the question comes, should they block server A as well? Because server A still allows it. And that's where kind of a rift comes up in this whole Fediverse right. that servers will start blocking servers who don't block other servers. And then you get kind of like uh, big camps uh and 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 big walls or big gaps whatever you call them um i don't really like that but that's the way it is i think yeah i'm i'm not a big fan of the hey let's cut off this end of the internet um i i definitely see the spam measures but yeah i, I think more people talking about what they think or what they believe um you know in a well-reasoned manner it's like hey at least because I, I talk to people a lot that I just don't agree with politically or whatever. Um, you know, and some of that's just down to the way that I'm involved. I'm actually running for state legislature right now. Um, but, you know, we can have it, we can have a discussion and come to understand each other and not necessarily have to, you know, come at each other with big sticks. So, um, yep. anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I don't know. If if you if you run the server, I guess you can block people. So, um, yeah. and, and, and that's that the cool thing published? about. Sorry, which stuff? Like the the blocking, like yeah, I don't know. Were the, the block list like, published? published? Some some do. Uh, some of the servers will publish their block servers uh, as a as a, as a service to their uh, potential new users, so that if you want if you want to join that. And you're like, uh, I want to see what they're blocking. For example, if you are part of a minority who is uh, bullied or you've, you've had some bad experiences in the past and you want a safe space, then you'll look up servers that have very 
tight and very big block lists, probably. But if you're uh, more into free speech or, or don't mm -hmm. really mind, you might look, look, look to a server that has a very small block list. So that's the reason why some of these servers do publish it. Yeah. But it's all on yeah. their own. If they do it, then they put it on some wiki somewhere or something. Makes sense. So if I'm working with apps that are on the Fediverse, I could conceivably have in my feed um, like videos. I, I found a list here somewhere of like the different um, the different Fediverse like apps or servers or whatever. But yes, yeah, so you could have like videos from there was a video one and you could have Instagram like stuff show up from the Instagram one that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. You can have Podcasts show up from Castapod. You can have, um, you you can have them from all over the place, right? And have all kinds of different stuff show up. Whereas with most of these others, yep. right, you get a certain set of things that they do, and that's it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so, so for example, one of the big players currently in on, on the Fediverse is uh, uh, Nextcloud. Um, it's it's a bit of an outlier because uh, it's a file sharing system. It's like like you host your own Dropbox kind of thing for people who don't mm -hmm. know it. Um, and you can run it on your own. And but Nextcloud uh, allows you to connect to the Fediverse, and then your files, uh, the ones that you share uh, publicly, will be shared with everyone, anyone who follows you. Um, and I I don't really see how useful that would be to have my Mastodon app show me a file, just like. Right, Maybe PDF that I could download, but this, I mean, it, it doesn't have a PDF viewer or something like that. So it's, it's of, yeah, it's, it's useful, but not very useful to have that federated over uh, across types of networks, but within uh, Nextcloud, it's probably very useful. Yeah. And then, and then there's PeerTube, which is, is the big uh, video uh, service uh, uh, hosting thing. And because their videos are really big, they, they also, don't push the videos over the whole network because it's some, sometimes it's gigabytes of video and then all the servers will receive the videos and start saving them locally. That that won't work. So there too, there is some, the content isn't distribu distributed uh, entirely, but mostly it is, yeah. Yeah, but I could see like PeerTube, like they don't have to send the whole video, but they could send like, an embed or you know something like that so that yep. you can play it yeah right or a url for the video nice. exactly yeah yeah that, that, that's exactly what they do currently yeah and then you stream it from their own server so what have you done with the fediverse like what have you worked on you said you worked on mastodon what what kinds of things did you build into that uh, I'm currently working on a on a pull request in Mastodon to have uh, the the search system. So it it has a search feature, um, and when you host it yourself, so uh, Mastodon is a Rails uh, uh, a Rails project, um, and it uses Elasticsearch right. um, if you want search, or it falls back to Postgres internal search, like just basically like queries and stuff like that, and that that just doesn't perform. And uh, the other side, Elasticsearch, I mean, that performs very well, but it's really uh, hard to set up. If, if you're just hosting it for you and two friends, then 
setting up an entire Elasticsearch cluster is, is probably not something we want to do. So I'm building an, an adapter yeah. system in there that people can just plug in other search adapters. And for, for me, myself, I want Miley Search uh, to be in there. But there might be other small, uh, uh, easy-to-host uh, search services, indexing services that people want to use for that. So that that's what I'm uh, what I'm working on uh, in my my spare time uh, in Mastodon currently. Um, yeah, and beside that, I I worked a, a long time on uh, uh, what was called Flockingbird. Uh, Flockingbird aimed to be uh, kind of a LinkedIn, so professional social networking on the on the Fediverse. So I've heard a lot of a lot of people talk about how terribly difficult it is to prop up. <laughs> Uh, an instance or a server for uh, for Mastodon specifically. Uh, have you experienced the same pain, kind of like plugging into the Fediverse? I have certainly. Um, so, so Mastodon is is Rails, and Rails is well. I, most of the of us are are probably experienced Rails developers, and I've hosted a lot of Rails apps, so it's not that hard. But compared to other software. Um, it's really hard. And if you're not familiar with Rails or Ruby at all, which many of the server admins will be, um, they, they just don't have any experience with Ruby or Rails, then it's really hard to get uh, to get it running and, and to keep it running. So there are quite some alternatives. And the one that I'm really uh, happy with and I'm running myself, it's called GoToSocial and it's written in Go. And it's just like a, a small binary that you plop on a server and boot up and it's, it, it, Deals all with its SSL certificates and everything itself, so it's it's really neat small project aimed at people who want to self-host this thing but don't want to deal with uh, scaling up a big Rails uh, system. But yeah, that's it's it's hard. Um, yeah, and I've I helped, set up a Mastodon uh, server uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And how how, how did it go? <laughs> So I think I started with a pre-built image on my hosting platform. I don't remember which, whether it was when I was on DigitalOcean or Linode, but it was like figuring out what all the configs were was a nightmare. Like so, like setting up the hosting, like that that was done, right? I can't remember if it was Puma or mm -hmm. um, Passenger or whatever. I, I just don't remember, but. Yeah, it was just this huge, you know, it's like, oh, I, I can't run and I'm, I don't have good error messages for which config you don't have yet. And yeah, so that, that was the problem. Um, I think I finally found like a walkthrough that showed me how to do it. And then I just followed the step by step. And yeah, the Ruby app hosting stuff was familiar. But yeah, it was like, you have to set up this, and you have to set up this, and you have to set up this, right? So I had to have email sending and a bunch of other things. And no. it showed me where to put all that stuff so that it would run. But yeah, you all can go sign up for a top end devs.social Mastodon account if you want. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Oh, that, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and indeed, it rings very, very uh, familiar that, uh, that it's hard, that there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, it, it, Mastodon leads very heavily on Sidekick, which is quite familiar to most of Ruby devs, but it's another moving part that you have to tune and tweak. Um, it's Postgres database is pretty uh, complicated, um, so it's not very straightforward, just some tables and some models. It has 
uh, quite some uh, materialized views and stuff in there. And, and so there's, there's a lot of moving parts and that makes it really hard. But also it's fun. I, I help with Mastodon.nl, which is the Dutch uh, Mastodon server by uh, tuning and tweaking their, their server. Basically just keeping it float. If there's another uh, uh, increase of, of users, then everything starts creaking and we have to to crank up some sidekick workers, stuff like that. Yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about, you have this article on uh, how the Fediverse never forgets. <laughs> and I, yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, you talk about a lot of the, like, uh, the privacy aspects of hosting on the Fediverse, right? Because it's distributed, like, managing the cleanup of, like, deletion requests, as an example, like, on Twitter, like you can say, oh, I'm going to delete my account and Twitter will retroactively, you know, go through and clean everything up and kind of, <laughs> you know, ghost you on, on their platform, right? <laughs> uh, but when yeah. it's distributed, it's a little harder uh, to do, right? Uh, do you want to talk a little more about how maybe that works and how people can kind of be mindful of, uh, you know, that aspect of it? Yeah, so so the thing is that Mastodon uh, uh, and most of the Fediverse software uh, they they market themselves as being very privacy uh, focused, and they are in a sense. But uh, th- there's quite some aspects on this uh, federation stuff that makes privacy really hard. And if if you just look at the federation of email, if I send an email from my Yahoo account to your Gmail inbox. And I then delete the email on my side because I put some really awkward photos in there or whatever. I mean, they're still on your server, uh, on your Gmail server. They're they're there. And there's no way that I, from my Yahoo server, can force that the Gmail server is going to delete that email. Um, And that's exactly the same works with with Mastodon and and all the Fediverse. If if you post something there, it's out there. It's published. It's, It's out of your hands. And a lot of people, they don't, uh, really understand that that's the case, uh, and also the UX and and UI of Mastodon doesn't really help with that because they they have a button which says delete. I mean, it's it's a kind of a false advertisement, I'd say, because you can delete something, um, uh, and you you can maybe ask to delete something, and then a deletion request is is federated over the network, saying like, mm-hmm. "I dear server, if you." One, please, could you delete this thing? And if the server is online and not down or anything at that uh, at that time, then they might choose to delete it, but they also might choose to not delete it. Interesting. So wh- I guess that's another thing that I'd be interested in, in knowing is, yeah, um, I was just thinking about posts, but yeah. What, do the deletion requests just look like regular messages or do they come in in a different way? No, they're just regular messages. So everything is just a message, and the message might have something attached to it. So there's a, 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 a the, the activity p- protocol uh, has quite some messages, and basically it's just create, read, update, and delete. And then the thing which is attached to it says, okay, create this or update this or delete this. Um, and those are federated uh, over the network, but a server might not have implemented. For example, the updates, they might say, okay, if it's too difficult for us, we don't, once something is in, that's it. And if there's an update request, we just ignore it. 
uh, or they might uh, ignore the deletion request. Yeah. Yeah, you do mention though uh, that there are like you do have a little bit of control over the distribution of your messages, uh, and how how you can limit the the reach of the post and choose not to deliver content to certain servers, as an example. So, so yeah, no, that that's exactly right. Um, uh, actually, the server has that. So, so technically, seeing uh, your server or my server, um, it can decide to what other servers it, it's going to uh, publish something, and I can just tweak and, and set the privacy of a message. I can do that even in the UI of my Mastodon instance, and then it say, okay, just only distributed this to the people that I mentioned in the post, for example. Then it acts kind of like a private message because it's only delivered at the servers of the people that I mentioned in the posts and not to just any of my old followers. I see. So this is probably like why uh, a lot of people are, are starting to create their own servers, right? Uh, so they have a little more control over that distribution. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Well, no, the other thing is, is that um, I've seen some folks that they create it and they're trying to create a way for their community to come together. And so um, then if you can make these kinds of distributions just on your server or out to s- specific areas, then right, then you can use it as a communication channel for your group. And then it just has the added benefit since it's federated that, hey, I can go follow people in other groups or I can go participate in pe- with people on that server from this other server. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. So one, one of the, the cool features that Mastodon has that, that's quite unfamiliar from, from Twitter is that it has a, a tab which is called local. So it's a local tab. And that's basically mm-hmm. just all the messages of all the people on your server. And if you, for example, are grouped around beekeeping and you're a bunch of beekeepers talking about beekeeping stuff, then that's a very interesting uh, a tab to follow because you'll just see um, all the topics of all the stuff going on on your own server uh, popping up there. So that's just vanilla basic Mastodon. And then there is a fork of Mastodon, and I forgot its name, but I, I can look it up later. But um, it, it's a fork and it's focused entirely on this. So they put the, the, the local tab uh, uh, for and foremost so that it's, it's your home screen even, I think. And that's so uh, that, that makes it uh, pretty neat for local communities or or uh, targeted f- focus communities like, for example, beekeeping or gardening or whatever uh, hobby is of, of people mm-hmm. that they can gather around. That's funny. I did a Google search for Mastodon fork and it's showing me, I guess there's a brand of bicycle forks for the front of your <laughs> bike with suspension on them. Yeah, like what's on the horizon? Like, where is this heading? <laughs> Right, they're like, gonna put it on the uh, blockchain. That's where they're going. <laughs> I, it's hard to. I, I'm on Mastodon. I really like it. I like the you know the federated aspect of it and how it it's like encapsulates the communities. Mm-hmm. Right, like uh, there's a lot a lot of great stuff. It almost reminds me of like you know Google Groups or something. <laughs> you know, like one of the one of these ancient uh, you know basically forums. <laughs> uh, as just more a little more interactive, um, but there's a lot of you know, th- there's Discord right as an example that's to me competes similarly. Uh, not that it's federated as much, 
but people create their own, uh, you know, instances and can plug into the overall Discord network, right? Uh, and then you can join those individual servers in a similar way. I mean, it's not quite the same idea as the decentralized system that the Fediverse is, but like, what's what's the next value here, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah. It, w- one of the cool things is that a lot of big software and, and even smaller software of existing projects who don't really ha- have uh, a social network or never had it or don't have it anymore that much, um, they all announced that they're going to join the Fediverse. So, for example, Flickr, um, uh, Tumblr, all, all these kind of things, they say, okay, we'll, we'll just go and join it. And that's that's an interesting prospect because if you if you just start off as a new startup and you have to build a social network, you start with zero people. But if you start off with a social network that connects to the Fediverse, you start off with several million users already right from the start. So that's that's interesting. And and uh, on that topic, there's also um, uh, uh, Meta. Uh, they they have this new app called Threads. I think it's yeah, it's called Threads. Mm-hmm. And they they announced that somewhere this winter, but they, they they promised it would be connecting to the Fediverse as well. So there's some big players uh, uh, moving in this space as well. And that that's interesting. I think that that. Also, the smaller and the newer ones are, are joining, but also the the big giants are are uh, looking into federating. Yeah, that to me it seems like so strange, <laughs> right? Like if you have a commercial product, uh, you know, what where's the value mm-hmm. in federating your distribution? Yeah, it's 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 difficult. It's a difficult issue, I think. Um, a, a business value isn't there, but uh, uh, a lot a lot of people say that. Meta uh, does this so that they can, uh, at, at one side, they can just uh, be more vigilant in their own uh, censorship. Because if people feel censored, they can just move off and go somewhere else. So if you have to censor, for example, the next president of the United States, um, that, that's going to be a tough decision. But it's much less tough decision if uh, that president can just move to their own. Uh, a server and uh, continue there. So that's one thing. And and the other thing is that there's a lot of uh, uh, suits, in, as, especially the European Union is, is, is looking very much into antitrust issues with all the social networks. And if they are federated, they can just say, okay, mm-hmm. well, no, it, we, we're not, we, we're not a monopoly. You see, we, we federate. You can, you can set up your own server. The other thing that's kind of interesting is that because um, I thought about hope, oh, well, what would it take, right? Because I heard people complaining about the way that the social networks treated them, right? I'm going, okay, yep. well, what what would it take to have like a parallel one, right? A parallel Facebook or parallel Twitter. And the problem is, is that getting my mom to switch off of Twitter or off of Facebook, sorry, you know, to interact with her friends and see pictures of my nieces and nephews and stuff like that. Uh, it's a hard, hard sell, right? It's, it's hard to get people to move that way. But if you federate, then I, I guess it cuts both ways in that, um, you know, you may have people move off to a federated platform, but you may also attract people in from the federated platform. Or if you're putting up like threads and you're not, tying deeply into 
the the network that already exists in Facebook, then by federating, you give people more opportunities to connect with the people they want to be connected to. So the, the the flip side is, yeah, it doesn't matter as much then which platform you're on. You'll you'll go wherever they have the features that you want. So I don't know. I, I think there are some trade offs. Um, it makes it it makes them look good, right? It's like, hey, yep. we want to be part of the community and nice to everybody too. So yeah, there is a lot of hype in this as well. I think I think a lot of people and and companies announce this just to jump on the hype train, like like back with the blockchain stuff. Everyone suddenly was yeah. doing blockchain, even if they never really did anything. And I, I have a feeling that that's the case here as well. But on the other hand, it's it's steadily growing, and and sometimes it's rapidly growing. This whole entire Fediverse. So it, there's still there's still growth and there's still life there. So it's going strong, I think. So if you're getting started, or somebody is getting started, and you wanted to like recommend, uh, where do you point people at, right, to either start their own server or learn more about it? Like, do you have a go-to list? Or is it kind of just like, hey, like figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> so I I would really advise against running your own server, and unless you're really into into all this and you're already running a lot of servers and, and stuff, and you really like that, then that's the hobby, and that's more of the thing is running servers than actually being part of a social network. But if you just want to be part of a social network and, and want to get started, I'd say just go to uh, joinmastodon.org. And there's one server picked out, which is like kind of the main server by the by the developers of Mastodon itself, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that's that's good enough. You can always move, so that that's another thing. You don't yeah. really need to think too hard about what server to pick, where to go. Um, you can always move, uh, un- unless you really plan on misbehaving, whatever misbehaving might be from from the get go. Um, then it's better to look for a service where you're allowed to misbehave, mm-hmm. because otherwise you'll be kicked off immediately, like within within minutes, probably. Very cool. Anything else that we should be talking about when we talk about the Fediverse or Mastodon? I I had one more question. Like when you mentioned, like, okay, if you have a network already and you want to bring it to the Fediverse, like, just high level, what is involved in that process? Is it really just a matter of like propping up your own server? Yeah, so you you, you need to uh, put a server somewhere which talks ActivityPub, the protocol, uh, which is basically just HTTP, but uh, kind of specialized HTTP, as in the, the payload of the HTTP is specialized, and it's all described, and uh, that that's basically it. You just need an endpoint where other servers can post and put and delete uh, requests to and your server has to post and put and delete requests to the, all the other servers. That's all you have to do. And it, it, this, there's a lot of open source software which just does this. I mean, it's just it's a it's a Fediverse uh, as in an activity pub backend and you can connect your own business logic or types or whatever to it. So as a organization that has their network already, you would basically be creating users for your server like proactively how does that like user aspect of it work so a user is actually not really a thing they call them actors on the on the activity pub 
but uh, an actor is basically every, anyone who has what is called an inbox. Uh, and an inbox is an endpoint where something can be HTTP posted to. So they can just deliver messages to your inbox. Anyone with an inbox is a user on the Fediverse. That's basically all you need. So this is more yeah. of like, okay, you know, Facebook creates this app, uh, Threads, that's on the Fediverse. And they're just like, they send an email out to everybody and say, hey, come join the Fediverse. <laughs> and they have to join their network, basically, their server, in order for them to get like registered and post in the, that aspect of it. Or do they yeah, are no, they exactly. posting yeah. on behalf of actors? So um, yeah. on Mastodon, for example, you can just go sign up for your own. Well, you have to turn it on, but then you can allow people to just sign up as a user, right? And so then that user is effectively an actor with an inbox on that server, and so a lot of that just gets turned on by default, right? Automatically, and so then when they post it goes in the outbox and gets sent off to everybody else and when they when they follow somebody then that then that person's stuff just starts dropping into their inbox gotcha so they create their server and all the inboxes for their users so that they can post yeah yeah and the, the handle handle is it's, it's a bit of a complicated thing as well because people are used to, for example, on Twitter uh, being at uh, Berkes that used to be my name there. Um, and but here, uh, like on on the Fediverse, uh, the server is an important part of your identity because it's not just uh, someone on Twitter; it's someone on a certain server. So uh, I'd be at Berkes at and then the server name, or uh, for example, mastodon.ml, or uh, one, one of the other ones where, where I'm around. But um, so basically, it's just a URL, but they they flipped it a bit around to make it recognizable. But in the end, if you look at the activity pub protocol, it's just a URL. It's that's all. So, do you have any uh, recommended servers for people to join? And uh, like, are, are there some like highly active like Twitter style? Uh, servers out there that are comparable in content. Yeah, so so the the, the general one, Mastodon.social, which is the biggest one by far, and it's it's managed by the the developers of of Mastodon itself. Uh, that's a really neat one. Uh, one that I like personally, really like is Hacky Derm, um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, set up by uh, Chris Nova. Uh, who sadly passed away recently, but she she's uh, big in open source and she set up a server and it's it's really friendly, nice, nicely run server as well. Um, yeah, so basically that that that's that's one and and then I'd say just go look for maybe for niches if you're really big into whatever toots your horn. Um, there's probably a Mastodon server for that where you're allowed to post about that. Uh, yeah, there's actually one for Ruby. It's ruby.social, I think. Exactly. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, I, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I follow a lot of people on, uh, on ruby.social. Yeah. Yeah. I've also seen people set it up so they they have like a mastodon.social or a, a hackyderm.io or, you know, whatever. And then they post like all their personal stuff and political stuff and everything else there. And then they have a ruby.social account as well where they post the Ruby stuff, right? Because 
they're connecting with people on other things in the other spaces. Yep. So what about clients? Do you have a, do you just use the browser or do you have a, a particular app you use to uh, connect and look at all the posts? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of uh, really neat uh, clients. So a part of the Activity Pub protocol is also client-server interaction. So basically, what the API of the server should look like for mobile apps and so on. But unfortunately, Mastodon never implemented that. Um, or and so everyone currently implements the Mastodon API, which isn't an official standard but might become one, I don't know. But uh, um, so, and, and that, that's also a very well-described open, open API. Um, and there's a, load, a, a lot of really cool uh, Android apps, uh, iPhone apps. Uh, Ivory is, is uh, for, for the iPhone is really good. And personally, I use Elk.Zone, which is a web app. Um, it runs in the browser, but it's uh, it, it connects to uh, all of the servers. So it, and then I have all my accounts grouped into one uh, one tab in my browser, and it has a little bit uh, nicer interface, I think, than Mastodon itself. Its interface. Yeah, I posted a link. We'll get in the show notes for Mastodon apps. There are a lot of them out there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good deal. Well. Um, I think I'm going to start pushing us towards uh, wrapping up and picks. Um, Bear, if people want to connect with you or they have questions about this stuff, how do they connect to you? I think the easiest for now is on Mastodon. <laughs> so uh, uh, at Bearcas uh, at uh, mastodon.nl is my main account. Uh, just send me a DM message, whatever. And uh, I blog about uh, quite some stuff uh, related to Mastodon and the Fediverse and, uh, as well on, on my personal website, Berg.s. Um, so that's, that's where people can find me. Awesome. All right. Well, let's do some picks and then we'll wrap it up. Valentino, do you have some picks for us? Uh, sure. Uh, I have this... Uh... I know you can't probably see it from the podcast, but it's a literal dumpster uh, that's graffitied. <laughs> and every once in a while, nice. I'll set a fire in there, you know. <laughs> I, I use it to uh, <laughs> to store all my, uh, you know, electronics that I want to work on. Uh, and so I'll keep filling it up. And if it gets full, then I have to pull some out and use them. Uh, <laughs> so I have a ton of, I have a ton of uh, microcontrollers that, just need to be used. And so it was just kind of like a fun little dust toy. <laughs> uh, it's called the Dumpsty. Nice. I'm going to throw out uh, I have game pick first. Um, I don't remember because like last week I had something come up very last minute, couldn't make it. And it's been a few weeks since I played this. So I'm just going to put it out there. And if I picked it before, apologize um it's a game called canvas and um what it is is um you have cards with sleeves on them clear sleeves and so you uh you get to pick other cards that are transparent and you slide them in in front of the sleeves um is the way that you build your painting and you you make three paintings 
there are rules about how they're judged, right? So you get ribbons and the ribbons are worth a certain number of points. And so, yes, you can draw cards out of the supply and put them into your hand. And um, if you don't want the first one, you can use a, a pallet to skip it, but you only have so many pallets. And then if you pick up a card, you get all the pallets that are sitting on it. I mean, that's basically the entire game. Uh, some of the fun elements to it are that you get kind of bizarre combinations. And there's a line there for um, with words on it. So it'll name your painting for you, right? And so part of the game is when you complete a painting. So once you have five cards, you have to use three of them to complete a painting. Or you can complete it early if you're ready. Um, but yeah, when you complete a painting, you have to explain to everybody else why it's named what it's named and why you put those elements into it, right? As if you had painted it. Um, and that was always fun. You don't get any points for creativity except for laughs, which is totally worth it. Um, but yeah, it just has a bunch of symbols on the bottom. And so however those symbols go together according to the rules, that's what you get your ribbons for. Um, let me look it up on Board Game Geek real quick. But uh, yeah, it's came out in 2021. Um, Board Game Geek ranks it at a, or weights at a 1.64. So it's kind of an easy part party game. Um, I, it says 30 minutes. It was the first time for a few of us. It took a little longer and some people really agonize over picking the cards from the supply. So, you know, I think our game took a little longer. There were six of us. And so I think somebody teamed up with somebody else because it's a one to five player, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, I'm going to pick canvas. Um, And then, yeah, I'm excited to go to uh, Rails World. And, uh, yeah, I, I've already set up an interview with DHH. We're going to be talking about Kamal, which was Maersk. I don't know why they called it Maersk. But apparently there was something else called Maersk, and they had a copyright collision, so they changed it. Um, so we'll, we'll be talking about that, and I'll be asking him about it. It just went to 1.0 like two days ago. so. Uh, that should be really good. I am looking at setting up other um, podcast or other interviews. So if you're there and you have something interesting to talk about, let me know. And then finally, one other thing that I'm offering is I'm offering free one-on-one uh, -on -one face to face coaching if you are in or near Amsterdam. So if you want to talk about podcasting and you want help with that, or if you want to talk about your career, uh, those are kind of the things that I've been helping people with the most lately. Um, no sales pitch, you know, I, I am offering coaching, but I'm, you know, I'll just help you. And then if, you, if you ask me about coaching, then I'll, you know, then we'll see what we can line up on a more permanent paid setup. But otherwise, I, I'm not going to push you to sign up. Um, but yeah, there's a, um, I just set up a calendar. You can email me Chuck at topendevs.com. And I will send you a link to the calendar. Um, I only have like nine spots and so I'm a little concerned that they'll fill up if I just put the put the thing out there. So I want people who are serious enough to email me, to email me. Uh, one last thing uh, related to Amsterdam. So two things, maybe I should pick them after I go, but no, I'm just going to pick them now. So there are two things that I've been wanting to go see or do 
on my last trips to Amsterdam. One of them is Anne Frank's house. Um, last time I was in Amsterdam, it turned out that uh, they open up the tickets like four weeks or something in advance. And when they're gone, they're gone. And they were gone, right? Somebody had already paid for all of them. So I couldn't go. So I, I made sure to get them this time. So I'm excited for that. And then the other thing is, is I'm going to Leiden. Um, Bear, I, I, I'm guessing you know where that is. I have no idea. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Leiden, there, what was that? My, my sister-in-law lives there. Uh, she has a boat. Oh, okay. She lives in the boat. Yeah, that was fun doing the canal tours and seeing, yeah, people legit live on the boats on the canals. Um, but anyway, so Leiden is where the American pilgrims lived before they left Europe and, you know, came to Plymouth. And I had four or five ancestors that came over on the Mayflower. And so I just going to go over there and just wander the town. I think there's a museum there too for the American pilgrims. So I'm going to go check that out uh, just as kind of a family history thing for me and a patriotic thing for me. And I'm pretty excited about that. So, so those are the, the, the things that I'm doing then, you know, do a bunch of coaching and hear about awesome stuff with rails. So um, yeah, those are my picks. Bear, what are your picks? I have one. Uh, I, I recently found out that a book, which is written by someone who lives in my village, uh, and uh, uh, it's it plays in my village. It's Dutch. It's originally a Dutch novel. It's called Hex, and it was uh, translated to uh, to English. It was actually rewritten for the American market. It, it was a very big book, as in uh, big, as in uh, very popular, and and even uh, Spielberg himself. Uh, was very excited about it, so it's it's a cool book, and uh, I, I found out recently that it was had been translated to uh, to English for the American market. So I and I started rereading it, and it's still as much fun, but it's not as much fun as reading about your own village and about the supermarket in your own village and so on. It's kind of a horror thriller thing. It's it's a really neat, neat book. All right. Well, um, I think we've covered it all. So let's go ahead and wrap up. And until next time, Max out, everybody. 